We know those signals from SARS-CoV-1. We've seen this in, in cat coronavirus vaccines where cats ended up with this horrible inflammation swelling of the stomach and about 30% of the cats died. So we know once you prime somebody with an antibody and that antibody is good, great. But if you prime them with an antibody that is not good, sit back and pull out the popcorn because we're going to be seeing something horrific happening immunologically to a population down the road. The honest answer is we don't know to what degree, but we do know the history of this, and history is one of the best teachers that we have. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Tuesday, August 29th, 2023. Thank you for joining me today. An important show, a a really important follow-up to something, by the way, that's already been demonstrated with peer-reviewed science more than once, which we'll show you, but a new peer-reviewed study that just came out that is making it very clear that specifically the Pfizer jab is causing VADs, which we've, we've called basically so we understand what we're really talking about here. I've made this point in regard to the HIV AIDS overlap conversation. People tend to look at the term AIDS as like a, a diagnosis, which it is, but as its own thing, really all it stands for is acquired immune deficiency, which is a or rather acquired, acquired immune deficiency disorder or syndrome or whichever terms they use. But it's ultimately applies to immune problems. So what we're talking about today, VADES, is vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Now, this is not a new thing. In fact, you can show lots of overlaps with previous injections and different conversations that usually get batted back and forth between how, you know, there's always somebody that's going to say that it's not accurate, that's fake news. The point is, we've seen this before. We're going to go over a couple of important overlaps to the previous discussions of both HIV AIDS as well as the VADES conversation earlier in COVID-19, but go over the peer-reviewed science. You know, the very people telling us to trust the science. So well, let's, let's look at the science, right? But we're not trusting the science. We are trusting the method or rather engaging with the scientific method, which is questioning, including the peer-reviewed science. But it's very clear what we're going to show you today. And again, all the other things that we've continued to see which are correlative points, but overlap with this story, excuse me, which very clearly show you that everything that this would be is indeed happening. So think about how hard it would be to ignore something like this while you're watching those things happen. Then they may blame them on something else. Then you find multiple peer-reviewed studies that continue to find this is indeed happening. And still, these people are stomping their feet and plugging their ears and failing to see this, choosing not to see this, which means they're allowing children in particular to continue to get hurt, which is despicable. We're going to start today with that exact point. We're then going to get into some overlap that I wasn't able to get to yesterday from the COVID-19 general conversation, the fact that shots are coming back, that we're going to do a, actually a pretty big focus on masks today as well, even though we've completely nailed these stories to the wall, as many people have, because it's not that hard to do if you're just objective and don't get taken by the, you know, what you're supposed to think about certain topics. The science is actually very clear on this. The body of it, the majority of peer-reviewed studies point in one very clear direction. I'm sure you already know what that is, but we'll get into all of that today. We're going to start with this important study that recently, or rather, uh, first a Substack post that came out from Igor Chudov, who's been doing some amazing work. 
give him a shout out. Make sure you support him on this platform. His title for this substack was Pfizer's COVID vaccine causes VADs in children. Study proves. Now, I tend to avoid the word proves it's almost almost always just because it's a study, right? As we know, studies can be wrong. People can be paid off. People can lie. People can just make mistakes. So when I see a new study that adds up to this point, I it's proven because of this and all the other studies and all the peripheral information that has very clearly proven this as much as we prove anything. That's my opinion. But the one study I would just say is adding to the body of evidence that shows this is indeed causing this. Now, he says, finally, we have scientific confirmation. Now, what's interesting, by the way, though, is I'll show you at least three or four other examples that I think point to the same thing. But the, but I do agree with him. This one is very specific. And, and we'll get into the actual study itself on the peer-reviewed Frontiers platform. Very specific what it talks about. Immune issues. And I'll, I'll let him describe it since he's much more of an expert on this topic. He says, finally, we have scientific confirmation that vaccination against COVID-19 causes a marked dis- decrease Mark decrease in immunity to heter- uh, heterologous pathogens. I think that word sounds so strange, such as other viruses, bacteria, and fungi. Now, we've heard this before, right? I mean, how many times we've talked about this exact discussion that it makes you more susceptible, not just to the thing they're trying to vac- vaccinate you against, but to just general illness. Now, there's two ways that's happening. It's, way, it's making you just generally more susceptible to these things because it's destroying your immune system. But there's also a lot of these other mechanisms through which it's actually just creating these your, your body's susceptibility to, in particular, certain things. And that has to do with a lot of factors we've gone over, whether we're talking about your genetic makeup or what it's causing you to do or create in your body. I'll make a point about my last show when we get to it where it's relevant, what, what it's turning your body into, in my opinion. But regardless... Whatever, how it gets there, the point is we now have numerous examples that these injections are actual. And this is even whether you whether or not you think they're helping against the phantom COVID-19, which, by the way, they're not. We can prove that elsewhere. But just whether or not you think it's helping against that, it is destroying your immune system against everything else. So, again, even if you think that's good for COVID, it's ruining your body for the rest of your life for everything else. So it's kind of not that's what we call a net harm. This decrease immunity decreased immunity to other pathogens acquired immune deficiency, right? That's why he says that, because that's the general point. Just because we'd like to see that as AIDS or the, 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 in the context of the conversation, the, the publicized, propagandized discussion, it really just means acquired immune deficiency. Well, you can, you can acquire immune deficiency from a lot of things. Isn't it interesting that we just use that term? It says, is what people colloquially, colloquially refer to as VADES. I can never say that word for some reason. VADES stands for Vaccine Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. And we'll get into some of the past work. We've gone over this quite a lot. But again, I wanted to start right with this and go into the study next. For those that might not want to sit around the, the longer show, and hopefully this won't be too long today. The study titled BNT162B2, again, the, the original COVID-19 shot, which here's another, before I even read the rest of this, what's interesting to me, let's not forget, and we'll get into this with Biden's discussions as well. They're now telling you the new shots are coming, right? Even though, again, as we'll jump ahead all over the place, but there's the CDC is already telling you that we don't have the data to back up annual shots, but the CDC director is saying we're doing it anyway. It's just madness out there as always. But if we're still studying BNT162B2, which was the original Wuhan strain kind of discussion, right? Well, Yes, but then they've made these new shots. But as far as I can tell, there's not a new name that at least we're being told. I'm sure I could probably find a study where it's being listed as something in a trial for whatever they're testing, but we're not even getting that data. Let's not forget, eight mice is what we're dealing with here. 
which really just means they're not doing safety testing. Now they're not even doing eight. Like we're jumping to the next platform discussion based on the broke the ashes of this failed program and making new ones. No safety, no new. That, that's just simply adding the new sequence and pumping out the new thing based on what they think is going to happen next. Is that still BNT162B2? How can that be possible? That's not even the same. It's not even focused on the same thing. You get what I'm saying? So I, that's an interesting point there. Because when they test these things, are they testing the original shot that's on a shelf somewhere that they're not even giving anybody? And how does it? It's very confusing. And I think that's going to be used. So pay attention to that. Anyway, so focusing on the original BNT162B2 COVID-19 vaccination in children, it alters the cytokine responses to heterologous pathogens and toll-like receptor agonists set out to measure the quality of immune responses in children vaccinated with the Pfizer COVID vaccine. So very specific. They knew what they were studying for, right? This wasn't like, you find a lot of these studies that will look for one thing and kind of find something that becomes relevant, like discovering that all the controls in your study already had antibodies against the COVID-19 when it hadn't been around that. How do we describe that? Well, there's two studies I've shown you before, but I won't get derailed by that, where people had antibodies to this thing that before it was ever supposed to be around. Make that up. Blood samples from 29 children aged 5 to 11 were taken on the day of the first dose of COVID vaccination and subsequently retaken on the 28th day after the second dose. Now, that's a reasonably small sample size, but it's really, so you, 28 days, one dose, and the next. And the findings are pretty crazy. So obviously, you could immediately go like, well, who, anything else could have happened. But you can read this, well, you know, the study itself, and, and read that there, in my opinion, there's no real other explanation for why these people would be suffering from immune deficiency after two shots, other than the shots have destroyed their immune system like we've discovered everywhere else. Now into the method section. Now, again, I'll show you the study in a moment. A whole blood stimulation assay was used to investigate in vitro cytokine responses to heterologous stimulants, killed pathogens, toll-like receptor uh, ligands, and SARS-CoV-2 antigens. Samples from 29 children aged 5 to 11 before and, you know, 28 days we just read. Samples from eight children were analyzed six months after the BNT162B2 vaccination. In the introduction, scientist, uh, the scientist's name is Coley, said that vaccination altered cytokine responses. As we will discover, the jabs altered immune responses for the worse, not better, in case you were wondering. Conclusions is what it says right in the study. BNT162B2 vaccination in children alters cytokine responses to heterologous stimulants, particularly one month after vaccination, which, my God, lines up with everything that we are showing you. Everything. From the fact that, well, not, not, well, first of all, we could talk about the 14 to 21 day period where they dump everything back into unvaccinated, which, by the way, is still happening. We just don't talk about it as much because we're not in the fervor that we were in the beginning of all this where everything was being cataloged, even though it's still happening. We're just not, it's not just being, it's just not being shoved down your throat by the corporate media right now. But realize that that, that 21 day period is exactly, so all of that gets dumped into it has nothing to do with the injection. Even though there's no logical reason why you would say 21 days after the shot doesn't apply when we're talking about side effects. You see the game they play, the sleight of hand, is they say, well, the shot's not effective until 21 days, even though that's ridiculous, first of all. Well, I mean, it's not effective at all. But that has nothing to do with side effects. Just because the shot's not protecting you against what they say it is supposed to protect you against for 21 days, this doesn't mean the shot can't cause you to have a problem within one day for some other reason. I mean, think about how willfully dishonest that is. That's been all, there's so many examples like that. So they're telling you right there. 
collected blood was tested for the immune response to various pathogens, including various commonly encountered bacteria, Staphylococcus aureus, which, by the way, Candida, Staphylococcus, all these things have had a lot of, lot of, well, they're very common, first of all, so that could be simply why. But I've seen these constant overlaps. Candida albicos, Candida auris, I believe, is the other one, Staphylococcus, Strep, all of these things have come up a lot. Largely, I think, because of the fact that they're forcing people to put wet pieces of cloth over their mouth all day long, and that's causing illness because that's so crazy, right? But I think possibly something else. And, or it just could be the fact that it's destroying immune systems. But again, the fact that it's so common that I keep seeing this, I just want to point that out. Unfortunately, he writes, the 29 COVID-vaccinated children, age 5 to 11, all 29, had markedly decreased immune responses 28 days after the second dose. Now, just because of small sample size, it's hard, you, that's a 100% decreased immune responses 28 days after the second dose. Many specific immune reactions declined by a factor of over 10 times. Wow. And here's all, he just put this together himself. All these are in the, the, the study, I'll show you. But these are all these, these are all the, in. see, this is the kind of thing that the corporate media, as much as they love to shout you down because you're not an expert, never looks at this stuff. They love to pretend like we do what they do, which is read the abstract and report it as if they know. <laughs> no, no, that's not even remotely what my, and even there's been MIT studies, many studies that have come out that found exactly the opposite, that conspiracy theorists, whatever you want to call that, are in fact far more engaged in the scientific method than, and that's not my opinion. That was the direct finding of MIT in regard to masks that they were calling conspiracy theorists because, well, it turns out, you know, they, but they don't, none of that stuff ever matters. Uh, and he, there's a bunch of these pictures that are sad. And this is the least alarming one, by the way, of children suffering all these breakouts because of the injections. It says a decrease in immune responses happens across the board. Every one of them. In an ideal world, careful scientists, cautious public health authorities, and principled medical doctors would investigate COVID vaccines and their effects before vaccinating tens of millions of children and billions of adults. They had investigated, had they investigated and done the basic science, such as the study above, before mandating and injecting COVID injections, such dangerous injections would never have been given to children and young adults. Well, I agree with him right until the end, because quite frankly, I don't see how it's possible that they didn't know this stuff in some way. People like Dr. Yeadon have come along to that reality when they kind of say, though, I don't know how to call this, but evil, right? And he's a scientific minded person. The point is that, yeah, you could, I'd love to believe this was just a clumsy series of bad choices, but I don't believe that. And I'm not saying that's what he believes either. He's just simply saying that, you know, in a, good, a perfect world, we would have tested this and it wouldn't have been given to people. That's what he's saying. But ultimately, I think that even if they had tested it in this imperfect world, even let's just put it this way, I think they did and maybe found what they wanted or didn't care what they found. Because I think we can prove that at this point. And let's also not forget, as we're talking about, the idea that they had to push this on people. The only narrative they have is that it was so dangerous that we had to rush past that. But we know that's not true. Again, this is the important one that we keep citing. Uh, what was it? Now I'm able to remember the name. <laughs> I can finally grab it out of nowhere. That the Ioannidis group, and this is 2023, not protracted, not peer-reviewed, I've showed this many times, finds that at a global level, before vaccination, the infection fatality rate could have been as low as 0.03 and 0.07, under 69 age in general. And again, 94% of the entire population falls in that category. Flu is 0 0.1 to 0 0.2, 0 0.03, under 59. And you're telling children, that's under 59 years old. You go down to children, I mean, remember the, remember the, the 
what was it, the Oxford COVID calculator? That's still there. You can look it up. One in a million for children. That's the risk. One in a million. That's according to Oxford. That wasn't the beginning. It's still, it's just, it's kind of mind blowing that we can still be here. None of these things on either end of it make sense. It's not dangerous. It never was. So it's gotten less dangerous from whatever wasn't dangerous before. If it's even there, that's also important. And, but so again, the point was, it's so dangerous that we have to make this happen fast. And that was why they didn't test it properly. And now it's hurting people, but now they're still going. So we know it wasn't dangerous to begin with. Now we know that the illusion of rushing was probably something else, but either way, it's hurting people now. And so now they're still going past that. I just, this is where people are starting to wake up. Here's the study itself. And again, a little bit uh, redundant because I've read this, but I just want to show you right from the study. The conclusion was the same. Vaccinated children, it alters their cytokine responses, stimulate uh, particularly one month after vaccination. And you get into the details, and you really should read through this. A lot of it's a lot of it's pretty intense, you know, pretty scientific. But most of it, you can, it's pretty clear. Our findings suggest SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination could alter the immune response to other pathogens. Now, look, what just right there, even though it does make it clear in a negative way, whether it was good or bad, that's not appropriate. You you, you should not be taking something that's supposed to protect you from something else that somehow wildly throws your immune system out of whack. Because even if it's a a positive response, if you want to name it that, it can end up being autoimmune, which is what we're talking about, right? You could have immune suppression, which is is the other side of this, which is also happening where your your immune system just collapses, or you can have an autoimmune problem where it's overreactive. Both of those are happening because of this, and that's ultimately what this is finding, but it it seems predominantly destroying your immune system. Which kind of makes me, that, that goes into the idea of whether it was made that way, right? As a weapon, something we should not be dismissing today. And it says, could alter their immune response to other pathogens, which cause both vaccine preventable and non-vaccine preventable diseases. Causes diseases to children for something that they don't need. This is particularly relevant in children, the peer-reviewed study finds, as they have extensive exposure to microbes at daycare, school, and social occasions. So the people that were at least risk of all of this became the most at risk because of the dangerous things you gave them. I find that hard not to see. And it says, or often encounter these microbes for the first time. And and this sounds like a, a perfect way to test something, doesn't it? And receive multiple vaccines as part of routine childhood vaccination schedules. There are no there the, there are currently no data on the clinical effects of COVID nineteen vaccination related heterologous effects in children. Big surprise. Just like there's no studies on whether they affect elderly people, whether they affect autoimmune patients, whether they affect whether tested alongside other vaccines, tested on pregnant people. But you know what? They forced them on everybody. Yep. Still happening, by the way. Finally, these data show that a SARS-CoV-2 mRNA-based vaccine alters heterologous immunity in children and that these effects can persist up to six months after vaccination. Now, usually that's and you can read this for yourself because the study has kind of an endpoint. That doesn't mean this stuff goes away because I'll show you again how long this seems to go past. But it says whether SARS-CoV-2 mRNA-based vaccines can induce the epigenetic and metabolic changes associated with trained immunity to provide protection against other infectious diseases remains an open question. The SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination in children could impact immune responses to other pathogens, emphasize. Uh, Pathogens emphasize, 
emphasizes the you know, emphasizes the need for further research and consideration of heterologous effects and vaccination policies, given their broad public health implications. Like his, one of his core points at the end of his post here, guys, in a normal world, in an honest world, that would have been done long before this ever got into anybody's arms. But that's why they used call, Neil, Neil, Neil Ferguson, Imperial College of London, to lie about three. Matt Orfala just put out that great video, 3.4%. They all lied about, and that's what caused this to go forward. And even though that has already fallen, they just keep marching forward because they care about you, right? It's all about your safety, right? Well, let's not forget. Oh, and this was, I had this open for me to search, but I'll include it since I had left it open. Just search for uh, immune system, and you can find a lot of different posts about this. And guys, this is, I, I, I often hope people, this is why I always shout out the website as opposed to anything else. There is so much information, even stuff that I forget. I go back and look and I'm like, oh my God, that's so important. It ties back to what we're talking about today. You know, we talk about so much stuff day in and day out that even I forget the overlap sometimes. That's why I totally wish I had the same setup as Corbett where he just has, you know, on that, on a note, actually, I don't want to put, I don't know if this will end up happening, but we have a new thing we're working on that I think no agenda does. And some other people do where you can search like the entire database of our videos and kind of search for keywords. We're trying to set that up for you guys and myself. So it's easier to just search for, you know, where was that video about this and search the keyword and it'll pop up. We're seeing if we'll make that work for ourselves with all the censorship. It's very difficult because everything's all over the place. But anyway, point was go through the search bar here from the homepage or anywhere and just search for anything, like any topic you can think of. And I'm willing to bet you we've got a lot of work, extensive work on it. But just under immune system, peer-reviewed study finds repeat boosters destroy immune system, increase risk of illness, infection. Look at that. That's from January this year. It goes way back before that. New modified RNA cancer jabs will also destroy your immune system. How mod RNA is created. Peer-reviewed study finds mRNA jabs suppress immune system. 2022. HIV, we'll get into these up here. There's a lot anyway. So here's the ones that relate to what we're talking about today. This one, we did a deep dive on 2022, February. Vaccine acquired immune deficiency syndrome right there. And it wasn't some new only T lab discovered. Everybody was talking about this. This is a new study that is continuing to back this up. H- and don't forget, guys, there's HIV inserts in SARS-CoV-2 that even people in Fauci circles pointed out. And people said there's no way that's organic. <laughs> Interesting. This is, if you want to go deep on this specific HIV AIDS VADES overlap, this is this is a show you want to watch. It's a lot of stuff in there. Now here, this came out from Frontline News, Frontline Doctors. Vaccine-acquired immune deficiency syndrome. And they called this in 2021. We should anticipate seeing this immune erosion more widely. So all those that were out there screaming fake news, debunked doctors, because they're on the side saying the thing Fox and CNN weren't, you got to give them credit for telling you what they saw coming in 2021 that is now coming to pass. They saw this, which means they knew what they were talking about, even though all of the fancy expert doctors on the news didn't care to look at it or didn't know. This one is from 2022 March. UK data reveals the jab is attacking the vaxxed. COVID jab impairs immune system, spike in the blood. All these things that are like breaking news, even for the independent media today. Right now, there's a lot of this stuff's recirculating out. We were well ahead of a lot of this stuff. This is 2022 February. HIV AIDS compared SARS-CoV-2. HIV AIDS compared to SARS-CoV-2 COVID-19, right? We're looking at that overlap, the interesting, interesting conversation that should be had right there about whether HIV is actually causing AIDS or whether AIDS is really something that's there or it's, a, it's another vaccine-induced problem that they covered with something else. Like, there's a lot of conversation to have there. And then let's not forget, DARPA has an open discussion about an immune system-focused weapon. <laughs> 
watch the show. It's ridiculous, guys. This and it's so much of this stuff. Like, and we just brought up on the Jimmy Dore show the idea of the uh, the myocarditis, the coronavirus inducing myocarditis. I mean, since I brought it up, I'll show you really quickly. I bring this up a lot, but I think it's a really important, an important point, right? That we that we can know that Ralph Barrick from from North Carolina University Chapel Hill, which is involved exactly with Wuhan and where they claim this comes from, was literally working on coronavirus induced myocarditis. Like this is not an opinion; these come directly from their own documents talking about exactly this. Uh, let me just, just grab one out. Well, I, I'm gonna find them. There's one of these right in here. I think it's this one. Anyway, you can go through all these studies. Yeah, right here. And you can find it. Let's see. Rabbit. Where's the rabbits for the ones? Yeah, look at that. That's how quickly I did that. <laughs> so this one, it's from this one's from the 90s. Coronavirus induced myocarditis in rabbits. Ni- 1987, 1990. Right? This stuff is, I mean, think about how crazy that is. Now, of course, I felt like they kind of just walked over it on the show because I don't think they've heard that before. But it, make sure you look it up. This is real stuff. This is directly from sph.unc.edu. Guys, this is real. And then, of course, the next, the next one I did, let's see, I, I, I don't remember, I'll forget, but I, I, the, the next show was, they did work on this, and then did they work to aerosolize it? And the question, the answer is yes, in the caves, they really did. That's a self-spreading concept. Now, back to the point, that they, had, they worked on the immune system-focused bioweapon, and they worked on coronavirus-inducing myocarditis. I mean, gee, it's a little on the nose, don't you think? This one was the one we just talked about, though. This takes it into a whole other world. Like, so whether this is a test and whether they've been experimenting, now we're at a point, the title of this show I just did yesterday, Turning Your Body into a Drug Slash Weapons Factory or, and Manufacturing Illness. Like, I'm, this is real. Okay, it's not an opinion. Here's what I, I play this clip all the time to open the show. And this is a guy from Forbes talking about what Pfizer is working on. You can see it in the background. And the whole point of this is that this is about trying to create a situation where your body can be the thing doing the job as opposed to them injecting something. Wall Street and biotechnology companies have been very excited about this idea. And what essentially it is, is trying to pack the cells in the body in order to make them into drug factories. And then the other side of that, of course, is if it's a dual-use technology, which all of this is, then you could also make a weapons factory to do something that could, whether whether it be hurting you and people around you or just shed off of you and hurt other people. Like, these are studied, openly discussed things. But of course, so the, the people that are already trained to ignore certain things will say, ah, it's fake news, because that's what they do. Some of the, one of the most ignorant things you could possibly imagine, just dismiss something without thinking. But we have to realize this. So overlapping this with the bigger discussion about, the, you know, this this feels like either an experiment or a, an ex, a weapons program gone wrong or something like that. Either way, the data is unbelievably clear. This one's from 2022, Dr. Peter McCullough. Immune suppression. Same kind of conversation in my mind, right? Not only does it show that it continues to make the spike protein and that it impairs DNA, but specifically that the mRNA vaccines cause increased risk to infectious diseases and cancer. It's the same thing. So much of this is out there. This was the Swiss Policy Research Study on the cancer overlap. And they found the same thing, that up to 50% of the people that take these injections, they end up with a temporary immune suppression or immune dysregulation called lymphocytopenia that could last for weeks or longer. Same point. And yet, it's all fake news, though, right? All these peer-reviewed studies, fake news. Here's a preprint. Of course, this one has later been published, but here's the point. And, oh, the, I have the, the image we usually share, but this one was from 2021. Same discussion. It found 
that after three months, your body was in negative efficacy. Your body was, you, you were 76% negative efficacy, meaning you were 76% more likely to get sick because of that shot. And then all they did was, oh, take the booster, and it goes back up to negative 40. <laughs> it's a little better, see? It's just crazy, man. I mean, this is, this is either by design or a clumsy effort to try to hide what they accidentally did. Or both. That is possible, because some people want to be in the know. But either way, guys, the, the, the newer study finding that this is indeed what's happening is going to be ignored. Because they're not stopping. As you'll see next, they're jumping right into the next agenda. And let's not forget, if you go back, and this is 2021. Right. So when this was all kind of popping up and you were finding all these immune problems that were first being discovered, that's now being continually being vindicated by more peer reviewed science. You had groups like 4chan and, and, and main platforms coming out going or rather the health experts speaking to them saying they, they fear a rise of HIV infections as COVID halted progress on treatment. <laughs> you mean the treatments that weren't really helping anybody if you really ask the people but either way, I shouldn't say it like that, but that aren't <laughs> there's a whole conversation to get into there. And also involved Fauci and the same kind of lies and AT or the drug they talked about. I mean, it's like the same conversation. It's strange. But here's the real point. They're, they're trying to pretend like everything that's ever gone wrong since is because people didn't go to the doctor while this was happening. Even though it was a minor disruption for the most part in the sense of long-term illness. But ultimately, that's, you don't have a random problem that pops up out of nowhere because you didn't get treated for a problem you didn't have. That's what most of this was. People that weren't sick before that are suddenly dying from heart attacks. But either way, HIV is similar. And don't forget, HIV is human immunodeficiency virus, right? So is that some kind of new thing, or is this just more immunodeficiency problems being called something else? We should be willing to ask that question. Or even if you do think this is out there, ask yourself if this is just being done to cover what they seem to know is going to happen. Say, oh, we expect a rise in immunity issues because of this thing as it was happening. Well, you guys should ask these questions. Now, let's not forget two main things before we go over to the COVID point of all this. There's two important points that came out of the Pfizer trials in Australia. One, after everything we just showed you, let's not forget that Pfizer admitted on the record that they quite literally made a different batch of vaccines and never had it tested by the TGA that was only for Pfizer employees. I mean, that's obviously suspicious. Uh, your vaccine mandate was using your own batch of vaccine, especially imported for Pfizer, which was not tested by the TGA. Is that correct? Uh, Senator, so Pfizer undertook to import um, a batch of vaccine specifically for the employee vaccination program. Cool. Well, that's super suspicious. Well, here's the other one. Now, I don't really want to play the whole thing. I'll play. I'll play this is uh, Senator Rennick, who's been doing great work over there where he says the TGA finally admits that myocarditis is in fact an autoimmune response, which means the vaccine causes autoimmune issues. There it is. Given biodistribution studies showed vaccine lipids entered all body organs, which they still lie about, this, and that's their own data showing that, this means all organs are at risk of autoimmune responses. Yep. Now, there's a different point here. One, we're talking about the immune system, just ha- like the lymphocytopenia angle. This is talking about overreactive, the other side of that, the overreactive immune issues that are being caused by this as well. Now, again, both of these are happening because it's just kind of throwing your body out of whack. But realize, and that's probably because this is a massive experiment, but if it goes all throughout your body, 
and they're admitting that that is an overlap here, all they're really doing is confirming the same point, that this stuff definitely causes the reactions in your body, and all we're really hyper-focusing on is the heart, but you're finding all sorts of random problems people are so baffled by that aren't being acknowledged because of the injection. They're claiming it's just anything else. I've asked both the two manufacturers tonight, uh, Pfizer and Moderna, can they explain the process by which the vaccine causes myocarditis? I don't, want to, I don't want to talk about benefit risks. I want to know why the vaccine causes myocarditis. It damages heart cells. Okay? Yep. Can you... And the larger point, and that's why he says it like that, is that nobody can answer that question. Even to the point where they admit that they don't know. Which means, how can they know that it's safe and that it's rare if they don't even know how it's caused? But this gets to the point of it. They finally answer the question. You explain why the vaccine damages heart cells. So I'd um, ask Dr. Fingerly to respond. Uh, thank you. Uh, look, this is an issue of some ongoing discussion in the medical literature. and I'd Yeah, just for sake of time, I'm going to skip to the end. I think it's right over here. Significant uh, adverse event notification and monitoring. And in the context of, of, of 16 million uh, doses having been uh, developed, the reported rate, and we rely very much on the reported rate of adverse events of of myocarditis and pericarditis have been in the region of two or two to three per 100,000. So we rely on the, as Dr. Pingilly's highlighted, the growing body of real world evidence in our ongoing assessment. It's per thousand, not 100,000. It's two per, per 100,000. Doses. Doses. No, no, but injuries, the reporting injuries as per your weekly reports, two per thousand. Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm wanting to make a clear distinction between this specific diagnosis of myocarditis and pericarditis yeah. versus and, and, I'm, and I'm talking about the other 998. I think I too far. Because if it can happen to the heart, it can happen to other body organs. That's my point. Because you're talking about 200,000, yet your own weekly report talks about 200,000 reported injuries. But thank you. In terms of the rate of adverse events, and since it is also an adverse event of COVID infection, the overall benefit, even if for that adverse event, is likely to be positive. Well, now, whether, whether there is some unknown adverse event is purely <coughs> speculative. It's, it goes to proving an, a, a negative, well, and that's well, not that's something not we can say. speculative because you're playing with people's lives. You can't say that's speculative. It, um, it's, you, it you're risking people's health here. Yeah. So it's not, we're not speculating in the casino or, oh, oh, or you know, I a football would say that, con. Senator. Sorry, just, sorry, just before, yeah. before you answer... Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry I, I was trying not to interrupt you as you were asking the question, yep. but that is the last question. I'll need to go to Senator Canavan. Uh, we are over time. So, that, so Thanks, if, you could answer, if you could answer Senator Rennick's um, comment. Certainly. So, so I appreciate And I think that the, the speculative comment probably relates more to some of the physiological and virological thoughts around, around how organs and organ systems are affected. Uh, moving away from the speculative position, as, as we've mentioned a couple of times, we do undertake significant... Uh, adverse event notification and monitoring, and in the context of, of, of 16 million uh, doses having been uh, developed, the reported rate, and we rely very much on the reported rate of adverse events of, of myocarditis and pericarditis, have been in the region of two or two to three per 100,000. So we rely on the, as Dr Pingilly's highlighted, the growing body of real world evidence in our ongoing assessment. It's per thousand, not 100,000. It's two per, per one hundred thousand doses. No, no, but injuries—the reporting injuries as per your weekly report. Dang it! We already listened to this. I must. I guess we should just play the whole thing. The cells, in this case of the heart, and it occurs after COVID at a higher rate than it does after vaccination, and it occurs in relation to a number of other infections such as Coxsackie viruses. So it's it's something which is observed whenever there is an immune response. 
it is therefore likely that it is somewhat related to the immune response, and I guess there is a similarity between the immune okay, response to COVID and the... Thank you. That's a fantastic answer. I appreciate that. Well, perhaps yeah. I just... So, so given that this wasn't identified for the rollout, and, you know, as you said, it's an ongoing, um, you know, area of concern and investigation, how can you then rule out, and you've admitted that it's an autoimmune, or potentially an autoimmune issue, that other body organs aren't also being damaged by the vaccine, but they're subclinical issues because, you know, they're not, you know, the heart's obviously something that's, you know, has a higher pain threshold or, you know, sends a greater signal that other issues or side effects from the vaccine or, you know, when you're saying that, you know, it's not necessarily causal, that the vaccine could be causing other yeah. autoimmune issues on other body organs. Is that a potential risk? Do you accept that that's a risk? Uh, look, Senator, as, as uh, Professor um, Lawler has pointed out, uh, the TGA maintains an ongoing surveillance of potential risks and potential adverse events as they're reported to us. It's the fact of the matter is with all medical products, more information becomes available as they are used. Look, I and, right, so you're being tested on, right? It, it, whether you think that's always or this time, if it, always more information seems to always point out more things as you go forward then you should always wait until that happens. Let's put it that way. The risk, but my, my issue is that you've never outlined those risks at the start. There's However, always the vaccine well, is safe and effective without any qualification. Well, right. I think if you look at the statement regarding provisional registration, it's pretty clear. Anyway, I think I screwed all that up. I'm sorry I had the clip all out of order. <laughs> I thought it was at the very end. In any case, it's very clear what we're talking about here. And he's saying the same thing, that they are admitting this. So the point is overall... That yes, this is an autoimmune issue and is increasingly causing things much more than just the heart. And so all this being said, right, coming from the low risk of the actual thing, if it's even actually there, the, the, the VADES overlapped, causing autoimmune problems, the repeated peer-reviewed studies that continue to find that it's not only not, that not only is it destroying your immune system, but it's also hurting you overall, right? We could talk about the 36% study, which we always point out, that clearly shows you based on this peer-reviewed study that's not retracted, that Pfizer's own data from the phase three trial shows a 36% increased risk of just taking the vaccine compared to not taking anything, right? So there's no way around this. All the data is continuing to pile up to show you these things are not helping in any possible way. So that makes it very confusing when we see Biden step out and say something like this. Now, quite frankly, again, I think that Biden was clumsily relaying something actually inaccurately that they were being told and then got kind of corrected when Kareen made their point. But here's what he's saying nonetheless. And I think it. What he's saying is important because sometimes he lets the truth slip out by, you know, kind of like saying the word required, for example. Can you say anything about the uptick of COVID cases and the new variant? Yes, I can. Matter of fact, I signed off this morning on a proposal we have to present to the Congress a uh, request for additional funding for new vaccine that is necessary. That works. And that works. Isn't that a funny statement? So is that so that the the inflection seems to suggest this the though this one's that works as opposed to the ones that don't. <laughs> Again, I think that's him saying the truth without realizing it because he's barely he can barely tie his own shoes. And I think that's what we're seeing. That works. Like how else do you take that? Well, obviously. The only reason you would say it like that is to suggest that the other ones haven't, and we're finally gonna have one that works. But just the overall point as well, well actually I'll let it finish. Tentatively. Not decided finally yet. Tentatively, it is recommended that it would like to be recommended that everybody get it, no matter whether they got it before or not. How does that even remotely make sense? Right? All that really admits, it, like, what that truly admits 
is that even people that got their dangerous injection clearly do not have immunity for whatever happens next, even within the narrative, I mean. Right. So they're saying, well, everybody should get it. Well, that implies that they don't have protection then, or at least that you want everyone to get it for whatever reason. So there's no good way to look at that. So those of you that have continued to say no from the very beginning are clearly on the right path because the ones that have got it are continually getting they're the ones driving the illness and the sick, the sick numbers and all everything. We've continued to show that from the very beginning. That's called the pandemic of the injected. Their own data has been showing that from 2021 forward. They just hide it. They censor it. They pretend like we're misrepresenting things. But yet now we're getting into an area where more and more of the educated PhDs and doctors and scientists are finding the courage to be like, yes, this is obvious. But you signed off on, this morning on a new proposal. So there's only one of two ways I look at this, right? Because we know they've got the XBB15 shots coming that aren't going to do any. Like, aside from the platform itself being discovered as probably the problem, according to a new peer-reviewed study, not the new versions, not the new adjuvant or whatever, but the actual platform they're still using being the problem, which would make sense. Aside from that, we know that the XBB15 variant, if that's real, is four, three, four variants before. That's what accounts for like 15, 20% of what they claim is happening. So even if it was exactly correct at the time frame, you still have 80% of people that they're not dealing with that. And then we find a point where we're four or five variants away from that now. It's Eris, it's XP, it's, it's L whatever. There are all kinds of random new variants popping up. If we if, if taken best on the taken the previous information of Omicron and Delta overlap, their own study showed that it was shockingly ineffective because of the new variant. And that's we're like, well, I need to rush out for the new variant. Well, every time they do that, we're now three variants away. It's almost like it's intentional. Maybe it is. But so my point is, either he is clumsily reporting that they just need more funding for the one that's coming, or that despite the one that's coming, they're now talking about another new one. I'm not sure how to take it. Because Kareem just goes, no, no, it's the one XBB, it's coming out, the new shots are coming in September, whatever. But he says, I signed off on a proposal for more funding for a vaccine that works. Now, look, I'm going to be honest. I think that's him saying something that they then kind of walked back, but it's still what's happening. That they're, actually, they're asking for more money from you, from everybody that doesn't want these things, to continue to make more of them for the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. That's what I think is actually happening here. Now, this is interesting. On top of all of that, here's the select subcommittee on the coronavirus pandemic. There's their gray check, just in case you're wondering it's real, even though they've not a lot of following. It says, in a staff briefing today, from this is from the government, from Congress, the CDC confirmed that available data and science do not support annual COVID vaccines. I mentioned this as well on the Jimmy Dore show. <laughs> they just kind of jokingly were like, that's ah, probably a lie, but it's very, it's very real. It's just fun. There's a lot of stuff that comes out like this that nobody ends up talking about. This contradicts CDC directors' recent statements that annual boosters will likely be recommended this fall. Now, it's not about likely recommended. That's been the narrative from two weeks into this whole thing. And remember, they called it fake news when that first happened. All the discussion about routine boosters, they were like, fake news, you're a dangerous misinformer, just because we were ahead of the story, and now it's exactly what's happening. And they go, you got lucky. It's, no, no, we just gave our estimated guess, educated guess, based on history, based on what you're currently saying, and, you know, based on your documents that suggested that would happen. But fake news, you know, what happens to follow the science? Now, what's interesting is this is very important to understand that this is I think going to happen either way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that this may be the focus of their next agenda. Cause I don't think I, I was talking about this on a wake up. I wonder if this is more of a red herring because I don't see how, if it barely, if it we essentially stopped it before, which is what I think happened, that they would reinitiate this at a time when even more people are aware of how much this stuff doesn't work. 
So I don't know, maybe they're going to kind of do a bait and switch with the climate change thing. I don't, who knows? But something tells me this doesn't make sense unless they're just that out of touch, which is certainly possible. But she just came out and said annual boosters. Biden just said something similar. And now they testify. We don't even have the data to back it up. But you know what? Nothing new there. Biden admin invest $24 million in mRNA technology to treat cancer, other diseases. Again, that's not a new. That's, they, we find they, they, we've been saying this. They've been doing this even before the COVID-19 discussion. They're all in on the mRNA platform technology, even though the platform itself might actually be the problem. Since I've said that twice, I'll include this. This is Retsef Levy is the one that pointed this out. So make sure you follow him. He's doing good work. Excellent science immunology Science immunology study is very bad news to the mRNA nanolipids platform, showing the vaccine-induced myocarditis is likely driven by the platform itself. Very interesting. Now, I think I have this, the uh, show I did on this as well. That right there. Make sure you follow him, though. He is doing good work. Here's the discussion we had on this. So if we know that, or at least know the possibility, right? I mean, I didn't even ask the question, guys. It's like they don't seem to care about anything else, right? I mean, we, we know that they went wholesale into this direction for very clear reasons. And I mean, that ties in with the show we're going to point out in a second. Or actually, no, I mean, the one that I already did, this one, you know, the going forward, that this is about something much, much, much bigger and different than even caring about whether you're sick. That's kind of what I, I mean. I, I find it hard to see that right now. But then we have the issue, the, infer- the as they're pushing this forward for COVID still, right, mind you, that this is from 2023. This is from, this is from today, in fact. Daily Mail. COVID to blame for just 1% of weekly deaths from all causes across the U.S. Okay, so the seemingly one of the least damaging things happening right now is what we're focusing all of our energy on. You know what we can prove to you? based on peer-reviewed science, that the fallout from even all of the rare things combined that they claim are super rare is more than what that's causing. That's an easy fact to prove. And then we can realize that the super rare things aren't actually rare at all. One in 35 myocarditis is not really rare at all. One in 100,000 is not really rare at all. And all of that adds up to a hell of a lot of more, just 1% of the weekly deaths, assuming that even those are actually COVID-19 and not some false positive PCR test or flu and pneumonia being pushed in on and on and on. But think about how crazy that is. You know what's even better? We've been saying this since 2021. Here's a study from 2021. CDC study. (laughs) More than 99% of COVID victims had pre-existing conditions. It's been the same thing from the beginning because it's all a scam, guys. We're being lied to. Dr. Bhakti came out and said this right in the beginning. COVID vaccine blood clot risk was known. They ignored it. They buried it, right? And I, I, it's important that we give Bhakti the credit he deserves because he has been saying this from the beginning, that Fox News interview. You take these, you go to your doom. And this one where he tells you that it doesn't matter what brand you take, all of these gene-based vaccines are going to hurt you. All gene-based vaccines, independent of manufacturers, produce the same result in the vaccinees. He has looked at 15. In the last four days, the number has been increased to 70 individuals who died after vaccination. These were people who died at home, at work, in the car, doing their sports, etc., etc., etc. There's no question now anymore about what is going on. And the answer is, in the organs of these organs people, of these. in 90%, he found clear evidence 
for autoimmune self-attack by killer lymphocytes. Now he's been saying this from the very beginning and backing it up with peer-reviewed science. I, that, that's, that's, it's just that transparent to people that are honest about this discussion. Autoimmune problems, you know, and, and, the, and the reality is that, again, as he's saying, he, they covered this up. This information was clear. And there's a lot of honest people that are beginning to find the courage to point that out. Here's one we haven't pointed out in a long time. Do you remember this one? This is from the very beginning of this. This, this, this post is 2021. But remember, we were talking about this study. Study finds specific and significant risk of antibody-dependent enhancement. Remember that? This is the study from 2021. Informed consent disclosure. This is a peer-reviewed study on NIH, National Library of Medicine, PubMed, saying very clearly. And, and so you understand, remember, this was 2020. That's why from the very beginning, we were pointing this out. It got peer-reviewed in 2021. To the point, the specific and significant COVID-19 risk of antibody-dependent enhancement should have been and should be prominently and independently disclosed to research subjects. So that's the time when people were in the trials, right? And all they're saying is, look, you should have told these people that they can have antibody-dependent enhancement. What they say, they're saying right here that any of these injections that are in the COVID-19 direction may worsen COVID-19 disease via antibody-dependent enhancement. I was screaming, it's crazy that nobody talked about this. And what it says right here is that you need to tell people in the, in the trials, as well as those being recruited for the trials, and future patients going forward. And if we don't do that, we're not meeting in comprehension for informed consent. Well, big surprise. Informed consent wasn't even on the table in this conversation. But, I mean, this is how crazy it was that we pointed this out from 2020 forward. And I, I, I don't even know anybody else, and very few that even pointed to this study. But this is to trust the science crowd that just quickly pushed this aside and said, no, fake news. There's definitely a risk of this. And that's all in line with the same thing we're discussing today. Here's Stephen Kurtz pointing out, clearly, after the vaccines rolled out, significantly more people are dying suddenly for some reason. But it's only happening to the vaccinated. Doctors are mystified. We're baffled. I mean, just look at this, guys. I mean, you know, this you can see the link down here. You can check it for yourself. But this is, I mean, it's it's uncanny. The places that have a high, a very high vaccination rate are all dealing with this, and the ones that have a very low aren't. I don't know how you dismiss that. Look at the numbers you're looking at here, and what we're talking about here. The, the red is only what up to August. Understand, right? So the point is that in 2020, when we're supposed to the whole year, we're riddled with dangerous COVID-19, or most of it. Nothing normal less than usual in fact and this is death obviously and then, then 2021 when everyone was getting vaccinated exploded but of course of course that we were going through the process right it takes 21 days right well 2022 we should all be protected right of course they've all got a narrative oh well the variant and omicron changed everything well it doesn't it's all and I, i'm not going to pull i could go off for 45 minutes the peer-reviewed science has shown that if your na natural immunity is continuing to make it against variants of concern it's just it's all been a big game and people that want to find an excuse will take whatever they're saying to make them feel better about themselves i mean it's just disgusting what's happening breaking news by the way epoch times Pfizer documents show covid19 vaccines contain modified rna not mrna i'm glad it's getting out I just think it's frustrating that, as you guys know, we've been screaming about this as, as uh, conspiracy theory says here. Ryan's been saying this for two years. Now, I, like, I, I, you know, the, the frustrating part about this <clears throat> is that when you read this article, it's like this is a new story. And it all, it's all going back to, uh, to Tom Renz, who wrote the article. And, you know, quite frankly, not to make it about me, that I pointed this out with that weatherman. And he was like, good on you, T-Lab, for pointing that out. Look at that. And now it's all spinning up into an important story, and I get not, not a mention. But, you know, so there is a level of this that makes you go, I want, you know, we all want credit for our work. 
So, I mean, that's, that's, we shouldn't have any shame in saying that. And, and of course, it's respectable to point out where these things come from. But overall, I think it's important that it's getting traction, that we understand that not just this one, but any of the, the new platform injections are based on N1 methyl pseudouridine modified RNA. Well, if they're using the same one as in this one, but, but nonetheless modified RNA, a genetically modified substance. See, if they pointed that out, where people are, moms are demanding uh, GMO stickers on their foods. Don't you think they would have wanted that? Yeah, and that's why they hid that fact. And all called it mRNA. And even people like that weatherman had no idea that it wasn't just mRNA because they toe the line. They even ridicule you for being so stupid and then quietly realize they're wrong and just stop saying anything. It's embarrassing. But read the article. It's got it's good information. And the point is that it's that this is real and it's been there the entire time. Now I want to just include this yet again, just for how baffling this is, how silly this is. They keep saying these things are safe and effective, right? They're safe and effective. They've been saying that from the very beginning. Now, of course, those actually come from the EUA kind of dynamic. They have to prove that or have to prove that the benefits outweigh the risks and all these terms to make that. That's why these terms are being used. The mantras. Well, let's make sure again, just a basic understanding of this stuff. So if, if safe means free from harm, which it does, free from harm or risk, and we know that these things are causing harm, well, then by definition, they're not safe. Now, I don't care if you want to pretend they use somebody's comment. Oh, that's the different. It's only about the safe enough to outweigh the risk. That's not the truth. Now, look, you can argue that there's a different level of, 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 of what you meet to argue is safe. Well, then you need to make sure people understand what their definition is of safe. That's how they play this game. They say safe, but we're looking at the word safe. and We go, that's not what it means. Well, they hold up some weird CDC definition and say, well, no, here's what safe means. Doesn't kill you. Something like that. And we'd all go, oh, well, that's stupid. So those arguing in the chat that it's, no, it's not the actual, that, 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 that's BS. Words have meaning. And yes, I do understand that in medical terms, sometimes they have a little bit of a different meaning. But you're not saying, medically speaking, from the medical definition, safe and effective. You're just mantras constantly saying safe and effective as it means safe and effective to the average person directly as those definitions mean. So safe is not the case because they're admitting myocarditis. They're admitting Bell's palsy. They're admitting a number of things that we could list off for the next 10 years. So definitely not safe, especially since in general, they're a net harm, according to the British Medical Journal. But if effective also means having an intended or expected effect, well, they're the ones telling you that this didn't work out for whatever reason. Oh, the new variant, blah, blah, blah. Okay, then. That's fine. I don't believe you, but that still means they're not effective. So this is the most basic thing, most basic thing. As of May, March 2023, they're still literally saying they're safe and effective. Even though definitions aside, they're literally not true. Those very things you're still pointing at are right now being shown to be causing autoimmune issues, vaccine, all sorts of things, as you guys know. There's no way you can call it safe and effective with one in 35 myocarditis. It's just obscene, but the CDC is not honest, guys. But okay, if that's the case and it's neither safe or effective, none of the jabs are free from harm or deliver the intended effect, how can they be called safe and effective? Well, you know the answer, guys. We're being lied to. Pretty damn simple. Now, if you, don't, if you understand that that's going on, make sure you understand the same thing in the mass conversation. Here's an article from Zero Hedge. Election variant. Citizens push back against mask mandates. Just to show you, this is definitely coming back. Americans are raising their voices against mask mandates reintroduced by some institutions. So, you know, it wasn't that we have a prediction that it's coming soon. This has been going on for the last six months, guys. It's already been creeping back. 
And I love when people predict things that we all kind of already see they're happening. And, they, oh, they were right. <laughs> they knew it. Well, so did a lot of 100,000 other people that just don't have as big a platform. But the point is clearly that they're coming back, that they're very clearly rising up in this situation. Employees must wear a medical-grade face mask. So now they're going away from the cloth mask lie, which they were pushing, 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 and you're fake news or a liar. And now, oh, you're right. They don't work. Take this one then. Because that's smart. Right? A smart person would go, hold on a second. You were just telling me to wear the cloth mask for two years or a year, however long. And now you're telling me it doesn't work? Oh, but take this one? Okay, well, how do you know that one works if you just got love or you were wrong about that? No. See, that's what smart people would do. A follower would go, okay, next one then. That one doesn't work? Okay, where's the other one? I'll do what you say. That's, that's an infant-minded person that's just going to waddle along with whatever they say. That's crazy, man, especially since we can clearly show that these things are not just not effective, not statistically significant reducing transmission, but that they are hurting people, that they do, in fact, verifiably cause all sorts of things, hypercapnia, hypoxia, oral thrush, bacterial pneumonia. Provably, guys, it's unbelievably obvious and clear to prove. Well, here's what everybody was pointing at, and rightly so, because this is a pretty big point to say. In August 2023, as they're all coming back. Well, they say a mask study <clears throat> published by NIH suggests that N95 COVID masks may expose wearers to dangerous levels of toxic compounds. Well, you know, well, largely, first of all, before you get into N95s, medical masks, well, first of all, they have surgical masks, there's medical masks, and there's cloth masks, or just every other dumb mask beneath that. There's slight differences. Now, there's some that they use in hospitals which are a little bit more regulated. Then there's the medical mask you buy at Walgreens. The point is that most of these are not regulated in any way at all. Now think about how that makes sense. If you're literally prescribing this, forcing people to wear it, and you, the, half of these were coming from China with, with no ability to stop anything and in fact had all sorts of microplastics and dangerous things, which it's easy to prove. And now they're half admitting that. But it just, I mean, how can't, why can't people stand back and go, what the F is going on? You're telling me to wear these and it's getting everybody sick and you don't even, they're not even regulated. So we don't even know if they're actually properly made. There could be holes in it we don't know about. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I mean, that is on the surface laughable. But my point is the good, at least people are seeing it, that it can definitely cause sickness, illness, dangerous, dangerous things. But remember, we talked about this in 2021. 85, 85% of masks may contain toxic chemicals. You know why we knew that? Because the Daily Mail wrote about it in 2021. <laughs> That's so stupid this is. What are, the, what are we breathing through our mouth and nose is actually hazardous waste. Scientists find evidence of toxic chemicals in face masks. But, but guys, breaking news. The same thing two years later. And we don't, I mean, how, I don't understand. Media is ridiculous. The point is they already know that people don't, this doesn't change anything. In an honest world, they would have been like, pause. Everyone's getting sick. Let's stop the mask or at least let's investigate. No, two years go by, and then they go, breaking news, chemicals and masks, and people go, oh, no, and they just keep using them, though. See, my point, like, it's, it's, a, it's a game of, it's an exercise in futility. And if we can't realize that this is not actually changing anything, then nothing's going to actually change. Like, we're just going to keep screaming into the wind, and this is going to keep marching forward. Now, I'm not saying that to dissuade action. Trust me, I know we can make a difference. But if we just keep engaging with this left-right paradigm false media engagement like this and just yell about who's wrong and point to the other side, well, yeah, nothing changes. Because children are still being forced to wear these. Now, here's the study they're pointing at, measuring the quality of harmful volatile organic compounds inhaled through masks, 2023. Now, you can read through this. It's exactly what they're talking about. Like, the point is, guys, as it says, that there are 
in many cases, in this case, going back to the original one, 85% of them, that includes not just N95s, but other ones as well, definitely have chemicals that can hurt you. But of course, that benefits outweigh the risk because COVID's Ebola, right? Well, no, it's not, though. So when you realize that, realize that when you take an injection, it's dangerous. Put a mask on that hurts you. For something less than the flu that might not even be there, you're hurting yourself for a narrative. Of course, we also have this interesting overlap, which is what a lot of people were pointing out, which I agree with. It could simply be just going danger for the thing that we were told was safe so they can justify the next step. Internet of Nano Things, driven intelligent face masks to combat airborne health hazards. Well, when they go, oh, no, these ones are super dangerous. Well, that's why we need smart face masks. You know, they can track you and all that, but it keeps you safe from other things we might not know about. That's coming, guys. I mean, it's, I keep telling you this stuff. If you said this in certain circles, they think you're a stupid, crazy conspiracy theorist, even though it's literally being worked on as we speak. This is from 2022. For the first time, researchers find microplastics deep in the lungs of living people. We talked about this back in 2022. Gee, I wonder why. Well, you know why. Mask microplastics can carry disease pathogens. It's very clear. And that's what these are the things we're talking about. They get wet. They break down. These are not made for safety. These are cheap, patched together, unregulated pieces of plastic and cloth for stopping globs of spit flying out of your mouth. That's what it's for. Or big, stopping large uh, contaminants in the air. We're going to get to this, the wildfire smoke point in a second. I mean, it's just, it's, we're finally seeing some of this recede and finally seeing people find the courage to be like, yeah, we kind of always known that that's not what they're for. Thank God. But there's been three years of madness and people that have been hurt by it. Children that have been forced to wear these. Children that will never act the same because they didn't get, they grew up with the, the, the absence of face engagement. Well, we just showed you these. I want to include them again. So talking about them today. Kevin Bass, PhD, points out the best evidence. The best evidence. There's links. You can read them. Cochrane Library shows no effect of N95s on respiratory viral infection. Now, we've shown you all this, guys. Even among healthcare workers who know how to wear them properly. We showed you Steve Petty, who made this very clear. They're all, they don't know what they're talking about, he says. Yeah, I'm a PPE expert. You glue this thing to a board and you still get certain effects. The point is the average person wearing these things is not doing them properly. And those will not forget that N95s have a, it's a one-way thing. It filters when you breathe in, but it opens when you breathe out. So what happened to protecting grandma, right? It's just, they're, they're just stepping from one line to the next. It says, yet we are told by experts that we should keep using N95s. He says it's hygiene theater. I agree with that. CDC acknowledges, in fact, significant harms of N95s due to CO2 buildup. I mean, think about how crazy this is. It's on their own data. When they wear them for longer hours without a break while continuously wearing N95s like people are being told to right now, all day long, or people that are desperately scared, don't ever take them off. Blood CO2 levels may increase past the one hour mark. So imagine wearing this for five hours. You are going to end up getting dizzy, potentially passing out. Right? These are dangerous things. That's the CDC telling you that. The link's right there. I've already covered this. This is the one we just talked about from 2022 specifically N95 respirators compared to surgical masks. Guess what? There was no statistically significant difference in respirator or surgical mask effectiveness in preventing SARS-CoV-2, meaning that they didn't have an effect. It was not effective. Healthcare workers experienced significantly more headaches, respiratory distress, facial irritation, pressure-related injuries when wearing respirators compared to surgical masks. So didn't have an effect, not a statistically significant effect, and hurt people. But, But trust the science, right? Well, we have Jerome Adams, who at one point was telling you the truth about mask information, like Fauci was briefly for one second, and has now completely turned around and is now telling you to wear them because COVID's dangerous. 
Like, how do you even make sense of that? As Kevin Bass is calling him out for. The evidence didn't change, so why did he? Great point. Well, he also points out how the universal scientific consensus that masks do not prevent respiratory viruses became misinformation. In just a few short months, this is a great post. Actually, I forgot to share this. He says, in 2019, WHO published a systematic review and meta-analysis on the use of face masks. We've shown you that one, actually, for the prevention of influenza involving 10 high-quality studies with more than 6,000 participants. In its conclusion, there was no evidence that face masks were effective in reducing the transmission of laboratory-confirmed influenza. Now, early on, they pretended like, that doesn't apply, it's not influenza, but that's not how this works. That's why they use influenza-like illness in that very study to overlap that with any other respiratory virus. Now, yes, you could argue there might be, it might not exactly apply, but we have seen that COVID-19 weirdly looks exactly like the flu. <laughs> you know what I mean. Now, this is the overall point. Now, it says May 2020, the CDC conducted its own one, found the same thing. In nearly in 2020, CDC and WHO were discouraging mask wearing, calling it ineffective. Think about that. Guys, you could look this up. It's verifiable. Fauci himself said it. However, by April or through June 2020, advice had reversed and masks became recommended from CNN. In other words, there was universal scientific consensus before April 2020 that masks did not have a significant, statistically significant effect on transmission. But somehow after April 2020, what had once been scientific consensus, which they'll tell you that that's what you're supposed to listen to, had suddenly become misinformation. How does that even happen? Very concerning. Now, here's just the one that we've always pointed at. That he references that and the WHO from the CDC, May 2020. Very clear. In our systematic review of 10 random controlled trials, in pooled analysis, we found no significant reduction in influenza transmission with face masks. The overall reduction of influenza-like illness in the face mask group was not significant in either studies. None of the household studies reported significant reduction in influenza with the face mask group. There is limited evidence for their effectiveness in preventing influenza transmission either when worn by infected persons for source control or when worn by uninfected persons to reduce exposure. Look at that. Covers all the bases. Our Our systematic review found no significant effect on face masks on the transmission of influenza. I pointed that that a thousand times. And of course, in the beginning, they were like, you're not a scientist. You don't know how to read science. Yeah, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> so clear where we are today. Well, let's finish off with a couple of interesting points that I think are very relevant. <clears throat> this guy who you have to see it like this because he blocked me after I made him look like the fool that he is. Dr. Sean Mullen says, if another person says blah, 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 they want to force all of us to wear masks, I'm going to ferociously vocalize my vexation. Oh, you're so smart. Can we maybe, for once, just trust the science? (laughs) Yeah, feel free to laugh at him. As I said, anyone saying trust the science is a fraud. No honest scientist or doctor would ever say something as willfully ignorant and blindly adherent as trust the science. Since science can be and often has been shown to be wrong, you trust the science, you trust the scientific method, you charlatan. And maybe I could, I could have said Charlotte left out last, maybe that's why he blocked me. But the point is, you know that's correct. He knows that's correct. Anybody honest knows that's correct. You don't just blindly trust what's put forward. Otherwise, we would all be saying the earth is flat today. That's going to make some people mad, I'm sure. <laughs> the point is, oh, and this is just the tweet. So you can look at it, but he has me blocked, as you can see. That's what happens with you know honest people. Oh, and the, you feel free to read through his platform if you want, or his, his discussions. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing, guys. And you, he, oh, for, at first, what he did actually was hide my reply, right? That's what he hid the reply. I mean, who does that? 
because you don't want people seeing people challenging your opinions. That's not what honest people do. That's what cowards do. And realize, if you look through this, guys, that the evidence is undeniably clear. Now, here's a good, just one of many examples, aside from the peer-reviewed science we just showed you. Now, this, again, one of the things that's, all these things are so, this is from like 2021, I think. But it just pops back up and gets recycled, which is good. Glad people see it. But it's just a screenshot. So, it's, oh, no, actually, there was a link right there, which is, you can find that through. But don't forget, guys, the CDC themselves. It's, it, he says, accidentally admits masks are useless. I made this same point when this happened. Do you remember? When they accidentally came out and said, don't use it for smoke. It doesn't work. <laughs> Oops. Cloth masks that are used to slow the spread of COVID-19 offer little protection against wildfire smoke. They do not catch small particles found in wildfire smoke that can harm your health. Weird. Especially when you realize that smoke uh, smoke particles are gigantic compared to COVID-19. If that's even actually there. Now, here's the point. Wildfire smoke and COVID-19. That's today. Let's, let's see. Let's see. They must say something, right? Oh, I guess not. Looks like they don't have any discussion about why it works for the mass work on there. I wonder why. So that's today. This, this is currently live. Let's go back like just a couple, like just like a year or so. Oh, look at that. On the way back machine. It's like they just deleted that very important section where it says cloth masks will not protect you against wildfire smoke. Isn't that strange? Cloth masks that are used to slow the spread of COVID by blocking respiratory droplets after little protection against wildfire smoke. Hmm. Why would they delete that? I think you know why, because they're dishonest people that are covering up their information. You can even find this going, uh, I think this one was <clears throat> 2020. Here it is in 2021, right? So today it's gone. You won't find any discussion about that in particular, because I think it exposes their lie. But here you go. So this is why it's important. If you remember, the CDC leaned in aggressively, telling that you should only wear cloth masks. And I don't mean that, you know, they literally only, they were very clear about it. Their entire mask page was cloth mask. That was actually the title of the whole page. And it said, this is what, and you should make your own or no regulation. Yep. We, I, and I'll show you why I think that is. But here's just the first part of it. This is from uh, Vox. The CDC now recommends everybody use cloth masks in public. Well, they've already deleted their own page, but too bad the internet's forever. So why would they do that? Especially when at that time, this is 2020, we already had the gigantic peer-reviewed study from the British Medical Journal five years ago that found exactly the opposite. You remember, cloth masks had significantly higher rates of illness compared to the control arm, right? This is the only random control trial I can find comparing cloth masks to other masks, and it says... Moisture retention, reuse of those cloth masks, and pore filtration may actually increase your risk of infection in general. I bet you somebody went, aha. Call me a crazy person, plenty do. But you explain for me why they did not know this. So there's only one or two answers. Either they just didn't research, because this was readily accessible. Again, it's the only only random controlled trial I could find on cloth masks. So when they go to say, use cloth masks, everybody. You either need to understand that as the entire medical apparatus, they either didn't even care to look or just saw it and decided it didn't matter and said, well, Fauci said so, which is kind of how this tends to work. Study, but, you know, CDC said. So you tell me. It says further research is needed. It says, however, as precautionary measure, cloth masks are not recommended for use. And then they did them anyway and said, use them. Only use the ones that increase your risk of bacterial pneumonia that we can then conflate with COVID-19. I don't know. Maybe. 
Well, then, of course, everything shifted. No, wait, wait, wait. CDC conceded that cloth masks don't protect against viruses effectively as others, which is actually a very tricky way of saying that none of them do, right? Because that's the truth. Either way, they said, oh, well, okay, fine, we're wrong. Cloth mask, that's 2022. Then it comes to, oh, actually, item out of order. This is 2021. Cloth masks are comfortable blankets that do little to curb COVID, says the sage advisor. It's the truth. The point is, Lena, Lena, Lena Wen and Gottlieb went on Fox and CNN one day apart. And 2022 just said, hey, cloth masks don't work. And then we all just pretended like that was new information and went forward. Except there was no new study. There was no some breaking new thing that came out. They both were like, aha, let's inform everybody. They were clearly given direction from somebody to inform both sides of the false paradigm that guess what? You can now only wear N95s. That's it. There wasn't new information. Lena Wen and Gottlieb did what they were told and said, yep, here's the new narrative. Even though we were proving to you from the beginning what they then admitted and we were still somehow conspiracy theorists. Gotta love that. Well, if you want to watch one of these, there's a good one here. This is a, a, one of the clips of one of the larger shows. Masks are making you sick, and it seems that is simply part of the plan. Look at it, guys. It's some of the insane information today, but it's really hard to dismiss. And then, of course, just this is on our website, but this was downloaded directly from the World Economic Forum themselves, which, again, shows you the same thing. Even in this one, you can find wildfire smoke right there. Yeah. See, what, see what's right beneath it? Less than half the size? Now, I understand that's even inaccurate. It's actually 0.1 to 0.3, as I understand it. But if they're telling you wildfire smoke, which is larger, cannot make it through the mass, or will, excuse me, will not stop, then how are they arguing that this smaller thing will? Obviously, that's ridiculous. All of this is ridiculous. Everything you need to know this is ridiculous is right in front of you if you just have the wherewithal to look at it. It's crazy. But... Thank you for being here because without you, we wouldn't exist. And because of your efforts and continuing to share this information, not only are we continuing to grow, but we're getting in front of new people every day. It's because of you guys. I can sit here and talk all day long, but if we don't have the support, we're not going to go anywhere. And I can keep saying the support has been overwhelming this month and we are continuing to get in front of new people. I mean, I just think about how frustrating it is though. You know, like all this stuff that we're showing is, is not hyperbole like it is everywhere else or in most places or or subjective conjecture we're literally showing you the data which and i'm not even saying that means that's everything and that's all we need to see but again if you had been able to kind of make a quick little breakdown of all of these peer-reviewed and for all the studies all the data and been able to show this to somebody in 2020 it would have changed everybody's minds even at least those that were willing to hear something counter to what the corporate news was saying but it wasn't allowed to get out. We were censored and suppressed, and now we're building back into that again. Nope, keep fighting, because you're making a difference, and they know you're making a difference. Thank you for being here, guys. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. Well, so you believe that the COVID vaccine is not necessary? I think it's downright dangerous, and I warn you, if you go along these lines, you are going to go to your doom.